This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Made possible by the good people at the Manitoba Arts Council. Sending out an NOS. Sending out an NOS. Sending out an NOS. Hello, welcome to NOS the podcast, the show where four autistic comedians talk at you and sometimes a special guest. Tonight we are joined by the wonderful Rebecca Reed, co-host of the very funny podcast, The Villain Was Right, and uh, she's also performed at uh, JFL, at Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yep, thank you. God, (laughs) so aggressive. That's my co-host, Pat Tiffin, uh, also joined by uh, co-host number three, Curran Dobbs, co-host number four, Adam Schwartz. Say your hellos. Hi. Hello. What, waving but not good enough? Hi. Yes, I do. Oh, I don't hate Miss Frizzle. I don't hate her. I had to argue against her. That's that was part of the podcast. Sure, I um, uh, I, I really love that podcast premise uh, because to me, like, I uh, I think there's such a rich vein there because I was talking to my friend the other day where I kind of went, you know, it, it's sad because just culture always changes, and then when you look back at things, things start to betray their age, and you're like, <laughs> you know, uh, the more you look back at uh, movies from like sort of the pre. I guess you could say before 1975 or even like the 1990s, you kind of go, you know what? Villains start to feel more and more in the right just because a lot of the heroes kind of seem racist or sexist. Oh my God. Yes. The worst one I think for me was Revenge of the Nerds. Watching Revenge of the Nerds again is freaking chilling, dude. I'm like, this, like, there's so much (laughs) sexual assault in it. You're like, how is this comedy? And I didn't realize he, like, how much disguises of a himself as the bad guy, right? He's like yeah. the thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize how much of a predator uh, L Wood was. Oh yeah. You know what? I thought that one was gonna be really hard, and it was a lot easier than I thought. As soon as you watched it, you were like, "Oh, she's stalking him. That <laughs> poor man." <laughs> spit it out, everyone. <laughs> You know, I, I was actually talking to my family about this because we do sort of like backyard movie nights just with some uh, family friends. Uh, this is their room. But I, I like we were, uh, uh, they, they said to me, we should watch comedies because those are like, that, that, that's like lowest common denominator. Everyone would be cool with a comedy. And I said, no, watching a comedy from like 30 years ago with people you don't know is like a horror film. Because <laughs> if you're yeah. like me, who has an encyclopedic knowledge of every joke that hasn't aged well, <laughs> In a movie, you're just looking at other people waiting for them to turn and judge you. Oh, yeah. Like, why are there so many bathroom scenes? Mm-hmm. Why are bathroom scenes yeah. hilarious 20 years ago? It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good place where nobody else is involved in the conversation. So it's just an easy, easy place to write the yeah. conversation. <laughs> That's true. And then comedy ensuing afterwards. That'd be like, great if there was just sort of like a feature length bottle episode like sort of sort of like a like a like a chamber piece but it's just the 80s bathroom scene <laughs> a water chamber piece <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they, they pitch that to a24 they'd probably go for it the, the old w the the old wc if you sorry the old what about wc fields no wc was uh is a uh is the british terminology for bathroom water chamber oh they do everything wrong, worse over here. Yeah. <laughs> really think- <laughs> a water chamber? It sounds like they're going to torture you in there. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It sounds so- like they're going to put you in there and then make you watch all the mm-hmm. bathroom scenes. It's like, and this Mr. Bond is my water chamber. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, really I like want the laser. Funny, <laughs> uh, I really I like sweaty jokes. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm already sweating. Is that why you brought it up? Because you can see how red I'm getting already? I just oh. shut off my windows. There's a festival happening beside my house right now. <laughs> what, what for? What's the festival? I, I have no idea. Like, just basically a DJ set up and people started <laughs> showing up. So I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it's fucking loud. Rebecca, you're nowhere near the sweatiest comedian I've ever seen. That, uh, that That's honor insane. Either, either has to go to uh, Tony Carollo or... Uh, <laughs> or... or uh, <laughs> Tony Carollo or uh, frickin' uh, Andrew Johnston is the old one really? in the accent. Oh, yeah, Andrew Johnston decided to bring a uh, frickin' full-on a towel just to wipe himself up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard like, that... like Deb had to do that sometimes. You, you're about, like, uh, sorry, you're, like, 130 episodes into The Villain Was Right. Yeah. And I, I, I want to quickly ask you, you you've already... Uh, said that the Revenge of the Nerds you didn't expect being as easy it was to debate in favor of the antagonist there. But I wanted to ask you, what is like the biggest surprise for you otherwise, like on that show? Like, what's the biggest surprise for you coming out of that? Oh, of, like a villain you identified with, even not just like, oh, screw the hero. Like, you just went, oh, I like <laughs> this. Screw time. the hero's a really easy take to make a lot Ant of Man was a good episode. Yeah. Ant Man, yes. Ant Man was so fun. You know what? Honestly, the most surprising one for me was paranormal activity. We okay. <laughs> argued for a demon and I thought that was going to be really difficult, but the way the story was laid out, it was actually quite easy because her boyfriend was such a jackass. <laughs> well, I guys just like this demon was wiling out on behalf of this woman pretty much. I was like I take that demon over that boyfriend any day. Have you guys debated <laughs> have you guys debated Anna Kendrick enough in the air yet? The whole, uh, like, I think in retrospect, after the whole COVID thing went down, keeping uh, firing people over video conference is not that bad of an idea. Oh my God. Well, we have this thing where we don't do anything that's like real. Yeah. Like we won't we won't touch anything that's like a like a like a biography or like any sure. anything that happened in real life. We don't touch because there's too many layers to it. And I you don't wouldn't do Inglorious Bastards. Like that would no, be. Oh my god! No, we have a firm no Nazi. Uh, <laughs> no. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or just or just this whole WrestleMania themed episode of like heels like talking about washing your hands of soap and stuff. Oh my god, heels! <laughs> that would take just... so long to curate that. Plus, WWE fans are really into their stuff. Sometimes it's hard to do episodes on things like that because it's like the people that listen are going to get upset. Well, like you well, basically yes. have everything straight well, and perfect. Well, you do have a good 10 months to work on that if need be. Oh, my uh, goodness. Question, what kind of trouble do you run into with canon pedantry? Because that's the worst thing where you're like, no, the show is like within air quotes. Like the premise itself is absurd. It's like the debaters. Like, yeah. what, like what kind of feedback have you gotten on like, was there people upset about the Miss Frizzle episode or like what? No. Oh, my God. No, I think I, I think by this time. I mean, she makes a great example of how is there only eight kids that ever go on field trips? Yeah. And how are the kids still alive? Yes, that is really the main Why is she driving a short bus? Now, with, with apologies, I haven't uh, listened to the Magic School Bus episode yet, but I wanted to ask, do you touch on the episode where they just go inside Arnold? 
Yeah, yes, of do. course. Yes. Yes. Okay, good, good. It's very, it's an important episode. You have How to is she cover not that in jail? <laughs> yes, that's what I asked. And then I'm like, of course this kid has anxiety. I have anxiety <laughs> watching this. Oh my are God, there, I'd be freaking uh, out. <laughs> are there any villains you can't support? Like you guys were assigned a show and you were like, really, there's nothing I can do here. It's just ridiculous. Uh, oh, we got suggested a lot of, you know what? A surprising amount of people have told us to do Matilda. And I'm like, I will not. I refuse. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I draw the line of Matilda, man. You well, know, they're just being Matilda. a dick to a child. Yes. <laughs> it's just like child abuse for an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm like, what am I? Like, it's like, sure, I could argue, like, maybe technically that is her house now or whatever. <laughs> But that would take me like two <laughs> minutes to say that. And then the rest of it's like, she's a horrible monster. Yeah, she locks her in a stockade. And it's like, but you know, she was yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we do. Like, okay. Musical numbers in the kitchen. When she sometimes we do bend boy. it though, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. you go, okay, well. Sure. We'll, we'll do the thing where we're like, okay, well, you have to know who's telling the story. Clearly that's from Matilda's perspective. Obviously there wasn't a real closet with nails sticking out of it. It was probably just a classroom where you're alone, but <laughs> then it's like you have to start bending the rules of the universe for your mm. argument, and it just becomes ridiculous. Hansel and Gretel would be pretty easy. I mean, they're eating the woman's house, <laughs> so she gets to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you eat my house. That's I'll literally. Eat you. That's fairy tale <laughs> that, 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 law. That, 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 I don't know if you guys know that. Yep. That's fairy tale law. <laughs> that is no. That there's there's a strong class resentment there. Is that it's that's a that's a classic return of the repressed trope of like you're gonna they're gonna eat my house. I'm gonna eat the rich. I'm gonna yeah. I, I'm a big believer in eat the rich. Absolutely. <laughs> we should at least be snacking. I think. <laughs> you know what I mean, getting a nibble. I, I think. I mean that games that that games uh, spot thing was the closest I think that we've come in a while. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I'm for any of that, right? Just blow it, blow up their spots, blow them all up. Because, because, have you guys yeah. taken, have you guys taken Bane from Dark Knight Rises yet? And just like, especially in the Eat the Rich type of category. Oh, we have been suggested him in the past. Mm. We're always, I'm a little reluctant uh, sometimes to do Batman. Like the older ones are really easy, right? Because Batman's just like a rich dick. Okay, yeah. that is severely neglecting all the mental health problems in Gotham. And it's just like, if you just spent that money on help for these people, you wouldn't have to kick any ass. But somebody killed your parents, you have aggression now, so. There's so many interesting kicks right now on Batman about whether he goes down on women or not. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> I don't think he does, honestly. Yeah. Question: Was that the Tom King run that introduced that? Because what I think is funnier is that someone was upset that Batman would never reciprocate that. <laughs> Batman's like initiating, DJ, if anything. Like DJ Khaled was reading Batman oh. comics and was like, "No, he would never do that." So funny. It's another I, one. You know these guys like say this out loud, you know, to people. Like, are you trying to get women? Do you think women like that? I don't know. It this, 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 this is a uh, this is a podcast for autistic men. Yeah, we're, we're not lucky in that situation. No, I just love that this person's like, listen, I can identify with a guy in a gimp suit. I do not. <laughs> I draw the line at oral. Insight. Oh, but Batman would be so fun because um. Uh, uh, but but I know what you mean. Where the tough thing about Batman is that you're right. The takes have been sort of made. 
and yes. almost within their canon, right? Because there's like mm-hmm. that classic animated series episode where they just have a trial where they go, Batman sucks. Like that's just, and that's just the premise of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes we do get movies, especially when we're doing like suggestions, because we always have like every month we'll have an audience suggestion. And if we're doing a suggestion, sometimes we'll get into it and I'll watch it and be like, okay, well, this this person's clearly not correct. So then it becomes uh, like everyone's the asshole kind of argument of like everyone sucks in this movie. And I'm going to tell you why. Magneto is pretty easy. I mean, Magneto is pretty easy. The whole Holocaust survivor. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) defensible. He's one of my favorite villains, actually. I love, I think he's really, really defensible. It's like, yeah, yeah, this guy doesn't want to be rounded up again. He knows what happened last time. Of course. Yeah, he's just proactive. Like, that's basically. Rebecca, I loved your story about how you got stuck in the, uh, when you were going skiing or snowboarding and you got stuck in the hole for like half an hour. (laughs) I did get stuck in a hole for a half hour, man. I'm not, I'm not together as a person, dude. Like my body doesn't do what it should. It's just kind of like flails. And I, I just have things where I just don't go back. I'll try it once. And I'm like, well, I got stuck in a hole for an hour. I guess I'm not doing that again. (laughs) Isn't that terrible? I should go back that laser tag. There's a lot of places I don't go back to. I I, want to let you know, I I also have a terrible laser tag experience that's kept me away from it for life. So don't worry. Really? What is that? I will. I will tell you it was I was at a Christian youth group when I was a kid. Um, This is already great. Yeah, no, exactly. I was at a Christian youth group and I I don't really know how laser tag time tied into it, but that's how they get you, I think. Yeah. And like so I went to the and, and I and I did it. And what was funny was they didn't like privately booked the laser tag thing they just brought all the christian kids and they're like very easy to bully t-shirts uh in <laughs> like camp shirts uh with just like normal brampton people who were just kind of like uh, who were just like oh, this is weird like they, they, and so you had it was basically christians versus just some people in brampton <laughs> like, uh, who were all adults which was the funny thing this is because there was like there was no christian kid that was over the age of like 13 and there was just like a bunch of 25 year olds <laughs> having like a birthday party at a, at a laser tag this is to say the kids got crucified uh, uh so yes they did we, oh we got massacred and like what uh in all i remember they, they, they got that, t- taken to the lion's den and we're, sh- yeah. we're showing One the door of- can and I just say that I like hearing that the Christian kids got crucified because they're the ones who called so many crusades in throughout history. Adam, you don't have to explain the joke. It's, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> I think we've well established. I was basically, trying to use metaphor horribly, so. No, it's a, it's okay. We're autistic. We have to make it literal. So basically, yeah. uh, so what happened was, uh, by the way, really the funniest thing about this was everyone was kind of like Judas because this one kid decided to be a leader and was <laughs> like, I'm calling the shots now for the Christian team. And everyone started shooting him. <laughs> he was like, the points don't, he's like, the points don't count. The points don't count. And we just kept, we were like, no, we're sick of you. And, uh, and I turned a corner and one of the other Christian kids, uh, just this tiny girl just came around the corner and just like ran right into my eye with like the big cumbersome, like aliens gun. And I went down, like I said, she was so nice about it because I think she was more worried about consequences, you know what I mean? So, Cause I was like, what? I've got nothing to worry about. I'm a child that got injured. You're the child that injured me. You have every reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I like, was so nice to her. Cause I was like, dude, it's cool. Like my eye was swollen shut, but I was like, dude, no, 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 no. <laughs> 
no, we're going to fix this. Get some foundation. We can cover this up. I don't want, I don't want you getting yelled at for this. I, I could see her in 60 years being like, go, meeting St. Peter. And I was like, yeah, you butted a, you butted a not- autistic, kid, autistic kid in the face <laughs> with a laser rifle. Uh, and it was, it's Mickey, my wish. friend said it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's my make a wish dream. And then it, he gets it was it was not it. it was not my make a wish dream to go laser <laughs> to laser tagging with a bunch of Christian kids. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like a good idea to me. It seems worth a shot. <laughs> shot get it. Yeah, we got it. Come on, man. I'm trying <laughs> Rebecca, to have you got your shots yet? Have I got my I, shots yet? Oh, sorry, Rebecca. Sorry. We're oh yeah, about I got my shots. I got I got my second dose earlier this week. It was uh, it was a little rough, but I feel great now. So that's we're good. We're good to go. Get enough Gatorade into that. Oh, that's what I should have bought, man. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like ah. first shot, first shot I got, I was like, okay, let's get let's get a day's worth of Gatorade, and that's basically my chug for like the next two days afterwards. Yeah. No, that's sorry. Smart. When you said it was a little rough, were you just talking about like the after effects? Or oh yeah, man. Yeah. It was just like uh, you know when you're sick, you're so sick. Like sitting in a chair is exercise. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like sure. sitting upright is is an effort. Uh, so, but that was only like 24 hours and then I'm totally fine. Oh, yeah. So like I'm genuinely worried my dose didn't work because everyone else in my family got vaccinated at the same time <laughs> that I did. And uh, as I mentioned, we all live together. And so we just we, we, we like skipped to like the, the, the local like, I don't know, YMCA to get vaccinated. And like when we got there. Uh, everyone else was like, I feel immediately awful. And I went, oh, I feel about as good as I did a second ago. And I was like terrified because I was like, I feel fine. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't so you, guys, work. you guys skipped over? Like, are, are we talking literally like? No, 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 no. Double Dutch? No, exactly. no, we were fine. Uh, it was like, a, we don't we don't have a cool YMCA. We have bunk beds and I think that's like it. Yeah, but, no, it was the day after I got my vaccine uh, shot where the side effects really kicked in where they really peak for me so maybe it was just gonna be the uh did you get yours recently like yesterday or the day before or oh me oh no mike oh Uh. mike oh no no rebecca's the guest guys we have time we can talk to me anytime (laughs) rebecca can you make any case for the anti-vaxxers being right oh no there's no way there's no way they're right (laughs) and also like I don't know. I'm just somebody where I'm like, I would honestly, if the rest of the population was like, let's just hold hands and walk into the ocean, I'd do it. Like, why not? I'm going to, if everybody else is getting vaxxed, I'll get vaxxed. Let's see what happens. I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've always said the uh, the actual, like, the one, like, how I vaxxed to say, like, vaccines cause autism. Like, as I've joked many times, I think the guys are sick of this show right now, but it's just like, uh, it's like the the only the only uh, the only injection that causes autism is a penis growing into a vagina. It's like that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that yeah, causes that's autism. Cute. I like that. <laughs> I want to put that on a T-shirt at some point. <laughs> so earlier, and I know we've been talking so much about the podcast, but I but it's like we're just pop culture geeks, so this is like right up our alley. I want to ask yeah. you: Have you ever had an episode where you stop being like, okay, this isn't fun. This is like. This is Machiavellian. We are actually, it's not about what is moral. It's about what is effective. Have you ever said, listen, if you're going to be good at being a complete fascist, here's how to do it. And you like, just. Uh, I think the closest we got was probably, 
I feel like when we argued for the Terminator, that was like because I saw that one and I was going like, "That's so bleak." Mm. Well, okay, here was what here's what the argument was. All right, Terminator didn't ask to be born. Okay, he's a robot. He's trying to save his robot buddies. If he doesn't wipe this one kid out, his whole team is fucked. Okay, he had to come back. He had to do what he's doing. It makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I think it's good justification. Like my mm. thing going into it, I don't know why, but my mind just went, well, of course, humanity's awful. Like <laughs> this is a necessary evil and it's 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 a dirty job, but someone's gotta should do all it. be dead. It's like yeah, it's, it's like I got the subtext of Black Mirror. Technology doesn't do anything wrong. We ruin yeah. it. And uh the Terminator is just like, yeah, cool. I'm like a janitor, basically. I just like <laughs> Yeah, or like arguing for like uh Thanos or like that sort sure. of thing where it's like, okay, well, you can see the point. The second movie, you're like, okay, well, you kind of lost it. But the first one, you're like, all right. <laughs> Although at the same time, I'm like, okay, if he can just snap half the population why can't you just snap and double up the resources <laughs> mm. oh yeah no his horrible imagination because isn't there like a stone that gives you imagination or like lets you <laughs> no that bugs you he literally that bugs me so much he literally has a stone that's like hey this is the uh, you could do anything that we the writers need you to do <laughs> like, oh yeah to get done <laughs> this is uh, and and he at no point just goes oh two earths yes <laughs> another earth <laughs> why not let's make it fun although you know what that glove always reminds me of canadian comedy which i know sounds weird <laughs> but i always feel like oh, yeah. we're all trying to get the the stones right like you're trying to get like winnipeg you're trying to get halifax you're trying to get jfl it's like you've got like these the, five yeah. things you're trying to get it's like a and then at some, and then at some point you start your own festival and you're like I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> is that We're all like just a trying to get all the stamps. The yeah, is this yeah, that's right. Is this like can is this like a Canadian comedy egot? Where you're sort of like, I gotta get on it fast. Right? I think it is actually, yeah. Like on a very low so, so, sad so, scale, I guess. So, <laughs> so, so do a you completely count? inconsequential scale, yeah. Stone wise, what what's what's like you have three stones. Do you consider JFL 42 and J JFL Northwest stones of their own? Or mm, that's a good question. I think everybody has their all everybody has their own definitions, right? Any like, anybody anybody get anybody want to take Sudbury? <laughs> Sudbury? There's been some smaller festivals I really, really liked. Like I had a lot of fun at and felt like just felt really good about it. like Cottage Country Festival is a smaller oh. festival and it's so much fun. Like it's just a blast. Hanging out with Tyler for weekends just absolutely a blast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I read no. somewhere that you did the uh, no foul language stand-up uh, stand comedy tour. And I wanted to ask you oh. what that was like, because you've done a lot of like really blue stuff. Like we, we touched on it earlier, yeah. we talking about you compare your, having sex with you is like having sex with a bar of soap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you said you did the clean show, and I thought that was so funny. And I went, oh, is there a clean set out there? So, like, okay. Uh, I actually think that's like a, wow, this is like, that's digging, man. I don't know where you found that. Good job. Uh, oh, that's a dirty joke. Oh, she's that's Pat. That's wow. all Pat. <laughs> good for you. Because Pat laid it out, and I just went, and it went, when did Rebecca do clean comedy? And so, like, I looked into it, and I was trying to find it on, like, CBC. No, oh, like, there's a reason loud. you can't but, find like, it, man. There's, <laughs> there's a reason you can't find it. Okay, so basically, this was from, like, Man, I think I was like two years into comedy and it wasn't like a tour. I just went to like one show. They were doing like an LOL recording, right? Like, um, 
Mm. And this was forever ago. And I was super new, but they were like, you're from the area we're recording in. Why don't you come down? You'll do, you'll be like our opener. You'll call, you'll do like five minutes. And if, you know, if it goes really well, we'll pay you, like, we'll, we'll put it up. Like, why not? And I was like, this is a huge opportunity. Like, this is, I, I was like, I don't know, a year and a half in, I was like, this is amazing. Right. So like my parents were coming. My parents had never seen me do stand up. My parents were coming. I show up. <laughs> They're like, oh, let's sit them at the front. And I was like, no, no, don't do that. And then they started laughing at me. And I started laughing because I was like, I don't know why you're laughing. And then they sat them up front anyway, which is the worst. I don't like, I hate when I know people like right up front. So awkward. Um, Anyway, and I made, it was my first time in a theater. I was the most nervous ever. And I think Oh man, that might've been the hardest I've ever bombed. Wow, did I bomb <laughs> so hard? I bombed. And when I say, oh my God, was the crowd hot? Hot crowd, hot crowd. Okay, couldn't, nobody, everybody else was just smashing, smashing, smashing. I hope absolutely just died. I fucking died, dude. Mm-hmm. I made so many mistakes. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't ready. And I left, like literally when they paid me, I said, are you sure? That's what I said. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, "Are you sure?" Like, it was it was just the worst. Do, do, do you mind if I ask what what happened? Like, was there any particular instance where you're like, "I've lost them"? Like, was it a so, joke or just something? Okay, well, you know, but first, I made a couple of mistakes. Number one, um, there's a huge difference between performing in a uh, either an open mic, a comedy club, and then a theater. Um, a theater, sure. you have to give people time. Um, a theater like it takes time for sound to travel Um, it has to ripple out so you kind of have to be at a different pace Um, just slightly it's really it's really small but you just got to notch yourself down one notch I because I was nervous notched myself up and had never been in a theater before also I thought the rookie mistake because I was new I was so new I was like I'm gonna take all my best (laughs) punchlines throw them all together we're gonna make these setups as quick as possible. And I think as we all know, setups are very important. <laughs> They're really important to the joke. So I got like a couple of titters off the top because I did like one or two local references. And then as soon as I got into my bits, people are like, what are you actually talking about? We're lost. We don't know what you're saying. Like I was looking at people that were confused. <laughs> oh no, including your parents? <laughs> oh my- parents well first of all my parents are so supportive they're lovely people um (laughs) and and my my dad's just impressed i could speak in front of that many people he's just like that was amazing like (laughs) he just couldn't believe that i'd spoken in front of like more than 10 people at a time um and then luckily like my mom's seen me a bunch since obviously like this was like years and years and years ago um and yeah my mom's seen me a bunch since so it's it's been fine (laughs) it's good they believe i can do it now so if anyone's trying to learn from our podcast it's that Premises are important. <laughs> so important. You need setups. <laughs> Facing works. <laughs> anyway. Like, d- dude, there is such a craft to working like uh, like a big audience. Like, I, I know a lot of, uh, like, I-, I know there's that classic, like, Tim Minchin song talking about, like, sort of comedy doesn't really belong in an arena. But to me, I always kind of go, but the comedians who can make it work in an arena are, like, unbelievable. Because, like, I remember sort of comparing, and this isn't to dunk on him at all, but I remember comparing like two viral comedians that broke out to like Dan Cook versus like Russell Peters and I'm not saying that I 
uh, uh, like this isn't a dunk on either one of them, but I went how much more at home Dane Cook looked at that scale than Russell does. Cause like oh. Russell kind of comes out and he's like, oh, there's a DJ playing me out. And I kind of do a little pantomime of the DJ. And it's like, oh, isn't this weird? Can you believe I'm out here? And he like stays to the, stays to like the mic stand. And he kind of like talks to people in the front row that nobody else can see. But then like Dane Cook comes out kind of like Eddie Murphy. Like he reaches into the <laughs> crowd and just materializes a microphone. And I went, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I, I went like, that's, it, 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 like that that I, there's spectacle there that in itself is stagecraft and i'm like i can't do that that's amazing i would love to dunk on anyone but i have no athletic ability i have zero vertical so i'm out too <laughs> well that's a really good point man like i think there's something to say about um like showmanship and like spectacle and you can see when you go like i I, I don't know. I don't go to a lot of big comedy events, so I can't really speak to those. But when like you when you go and see somebody live, like some music, if you go see a band, like um, I saw um, the Foo Fighters and the Arctic Monkeys in the same like, I don't know, within a couple of months of each other. And the difference was so insane. And I'm a huge Arctic Monkeys fan, but I was sure. like, boys, we got to. We gotta step it up a notch. Dave Grohl's <laughs> doing kick flips and shit. You gotta where 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 are the costumes? I saw Arcade Fire. They had like he, like they had made paper mache heads, and there were different mm. stages. And they oh, did, so like, this was the this was the reflector tour. Yes. Oh my god, that was so amazing. That was one of my favorite things I've ever seen live. But yes, there's like you you feel like you're actually a part of an experience rather than just watching a show. Mm -hmm. What's your What's your favorite? Uh arcade fire song oh my god that's so tough sprawl 2 sprawl 2 is mine it's suburban war dude i don't i honestly don't know i don't know i have uh, like literally because i listened i have okay now i'm gonna sound like a fucking hipster asshole <laughs> um i have them all on vinyl <laughs> <laughs> So I really just mostly listen to them all like it's like a, a piece of art. You know what I mean? Like I just mm -hmm. listen to it front you to back. You need all of them in order to make the complete uh, the, I mean, one joke in, um, doesn't really work. You need the whole setup and the whole build up and you need the slow moments and the premises and each joke creates a whole. Absolutely, man. I think like anytime I listen to somebody's comedy album, I always listen to it in order first always you mm -hmm. want to feel that build there's like there's intention there they did something on purpose they set up an order um so that you could feel like go on a journey with them or at least i mm -hmm. i think most people think about it that way uh, going back there's a lot the, of auto gen oh sorry you go first adam i was going to say well it wasn't really on topic but i was going to say going back to what she just mentioned uh comedy is much better in its small space and that's where it should be performed. But on the other hand, I don't begrudge anyone trying to make millions of dollars in the arena tours. Yeah, I, I last time I checked, like Russell made about five hundred thousand per show. So, Ooh, yeah, like no, and I mean, good mm. for him. It was uh, more <laughs> like more. My point was just saying you can tell where Russell feels more comfortable versus Dane Cook, who's able to play very big. Uh, in, in a way that feels like it lends itself better to that arena context. But comedy is better in tiny venues than... Oh, oh, I totally agree, man. I like I like a nice little, like, you know, yeah. uh, like comedy bar, cabaret space. Mm -hmm. That's like, I could hang out there forever. 
just oh, like 40 favorite. people oh the best i want to have a personal experience i'm more of a sadist i'll i'll take the yuck yuck slime in with the uh, with the uh-huh. wall open <laughs> just watch people try to try to handle that monster so uh in, in that's i think it might have been the same article that mentioned the um uh the thing about the uh uh, uh about the about the uh, clean comedy stand-up and i and it also said that you kind of disappeared down a rabbit hole of life hack videos and i just want to talk you mentioned the one that was the most screwed up thing in there i don't know why this is a rabbit hole i also fell fell down so i really identified with it and i wanted to know what the most disturbing ones were not just the singular like mm. if there was any ones where you kind of go because like the videos are so awesome because you're like the, the 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 great irony of a life hack video is that it takes you like 15 more steps to do something oh, yeah. that is now probably more painful than it should be well i think the ones that really it's always for me the cooking ones right mm, yeah like the cooking hack ones are the ones that get me the most because i love to cook so like yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch and see what your hack is, but I also know enough about it to know if you're gonna light your fucking house on fire doing that. Um, like these ones where they're like, oh, we're just gonna we're gonna fry we're gonna put some some hard candy into a frying pan <laughs> and just heat that up. That's gonna work. That's I, that will will not work. This is gonna be so bad, and you're gonna ruin your fucking pan. The one that kills me is always uh, I I'm, I'm trying to work a bit about it now, but it's like there's one about making a grilled cheese. It's like a faster way to make a grilled cheese, right? And it's like, first of all, if you need that, don't make it. Like just <laughs> take out or something. My God, okay. This just is the easiest cheese. thing in the world. Yes. Anyway, so they make it, but then they wrap it in aluminum foil. <laughs> and then they pop it in the toaster, man. Aluminum foil in the toaster. <laughs> now in the video, they're wearing like a protective glove but they don't point that out. That's just, if you notice, like, yeah. it's really just like, oh, if you notice they're wearing like a rubberized, like a rubber glove, then good for you. You're not gonna fucking kill yourself, baby. <laughs> Are there lots of videos going off the direction and being like uh, doing ironic uh, life hacks of, or life hacks in the wor- the worst life hacks? The worst, well, <laughs> but I think, okay. Smart. This one's not dangerous, but it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Um, the other one that I really bitch about is uh, I saw one. It was uh, how to cut a watermelon if you didn't have a knife. <laughs> they were like, okay, this is how you cut a watermelon if you don't have a knife. And they took the watermelon and they put it in a car window and then just <laughs> closed the car window and it split in half. <laughs> And I'm like, who the fuck has a car but not a knife? <laughs> who is this mystery person? That's that reminds me of my favorite clickle video, which is called uh, We Don't Know How to Do Slow Motion and We Can't Afford a Gun. So here's me hitting a water, here's me hitting a melon with a hatchet. <laughs> it's like you could just make a video of a watermelon. You don't have to pretend it. it's functional you can just like that there's a reason for it you can just absurdism thrives on the internet you can just use a car window to cut a fruit in half yeah and that's fine but don't say hey like don't have like it works to set up of like this is a and life now you got hack dead like, bugs on the inside of your oh, watermelon it's just, just seagull shit and just soap scud oh you know I what re- gets me those yeah, ones please. where they do them on the tables now where they have them on the counter have you seen those oh, condescend with the hands right where, where, where they're like, just see- like yes and they're just yeah. like 
folding in pasta sauce and shit. I'm like, you are, this is the biggest spit in the face of every poor person in poverty. Like you're literally <laughs> just wasting food on your huge ass marble counter Becky, you fuck. Like, I just, it's so privileged. I hate it so much. And it's also just not good and disgusting. <laughs> Please stop you know, this. I remember one of my favorite ones, and this is, sorry, Mike, right, we were talking about premises earlier. This isn't even a premise, but to me, I'm like, how I justify some of these videos, not the marble countertop guys uh, ones, because those ones just annoy me. I like the ones that are in an all white room because I have a theory that kind of like Portal, they just locked someone in a room and they only gave them like a can of Coke, a knife and a plastic fork. And they said, you have mm. to make a spoon. <laughs> and so that explains why there's this video now. And this is a real video of someone going, uh, how to make a, a spoon. Mm. You cut it, you put it's it in MacGyver. <laughs> it is like MacGyver. So to me, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, obviously this is a dystopian future <laughs> and a robot is torturing a monkey into <laughs> making this happen. <laughs> Which is an analogy for the computer and, uh, <laughs> oh, and yeah. human humanity. It's like the internet and humanity that you need. Current, you haven't the talked internet's in asking. Yeah, uh, like, you haven't talked in a while. Do you have a question? Uh, for uh, no, not at the moment. Sorry. Do you have a pun? I'm really sorry. Current, uh, you look like a musician. Do you want to talk to Rebecca about music? Yeah. Rebecca, are you a musician? No, I'm not. I oh. played recorder. Okay, that I think we all did. <laughs> no, I, I, I got viola. My recorder teacher was so mean. <laughs> like oh, that's really? That's, well, it was like it wasn't like whiplash, but I just think the idea of anyone being <laughs> like, like uh, someone taking teaching the recorder way too seriously. Is oh awesome. my god! Somebody write that sketch. Whiplash, <laughs> yeah. but for recorders, that's like awesome. I want to see that. Yeah, he's like, why do you suppose I threw that chair just there? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> not quite oh, my tempo. <laughs> whack, whacking the person's hands with like bamboo or something. <laughs> like it just breaks into oh, three pieces. <laughs> like just the idea of someone, like this kid is trying to get to his recorder recital and he's like on his little tricycle and just like getting in a debilitating accident. <laughs> he goes in and they're like, you're out of control. You can't play the recorder. And he's trying to, like just, <laughs> I want to see the end of the movie where everybody's like, that recorder solo at the end changed my life. <laughs> it's crazy. He hits so many notes at what he hits notes that I don't think I could hear. <laughs> oh my God. I, or ever want to hear again. I, I don't know. I might have preferred a meaner recorder teacher. Mine was too nice. She would, she would come in and she would serve us donuts before we would start playing and you're just spitting chunks of timbits yeah i was i was recorder all more it was disgusting <laughs> i was wondering was it actual donuts like full size or just the timbits the timbits but this it still remains the same you're seven years old you still don't know how to i guess get everything down mm. first it's like, well, it's like what, one what, of those what is your like go-to timbit you're just pushing <laughs> Donuts through a recorder. Oh my god. Go to Timbit's gotta be. I gotta go for a powdered, man. I gotta go for a powdered. If you got strawberry, raspberry, I'll take some sort of Chocolate some sort blaze. of berry center. Mm. Chocolate I, get I get the crawler ones. I like the hollow. Or, or the old Dutchy ones when they had the Dutchy. I mean, they're all great. I don't discriminate. I Everything but the uh, birthday cake. 
Mm, I see. I can do. I like one birthday cake, but I I can't eat too many of them. They have, yeah, a, the, the, they have an artificial taste to them. That should be like the golden snitch. Like <laughs> like whoever gets to it first gets to enjoy it. It's weird how very specific I, uh, foods, and I'm thinking mainly desserts, have like such quick diminishing returns. Like one is like one small amount is great, but then it's like so rich that it just gets roast like really fast yes oh yeah i mean i'll keep going sometimes oh, I do though. That. i'll just make yeah. it happen you know what i mean i will overcome that hurdle and push through the pain and keep mm -hmm. eating that chocolate cake fuck yeah. it dude i i've made like caesar salad for so many people that don't also want caesar salad <laughs> well, i might as well just eat it from the bowl and i've like got, i'm using the tongs as like a oh caesar salad sounds like a dangerous one <laughs> oh it's good dude well, I, I i reek afterwards because yeah. it's just garlic right Right? It's just cloves of garlic. It's gross. It's garlic. And, and, and the right is in the corner going, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also redundant because it's like not only like is it garlic with Caesar, it's garlic in the croutons and like every every facet. It, like it's a redundant meal. <laughs> it's too much garlic. Yeah. If there, I don't know. Can there be, is there such a thing? I think there is. I mean, like Wario exists, right? Like Wario <laughs> Can you uh, tell us how Wario is justified as being the hero instead of the villain? Oh yeah, and by the way, we're going off of Super uh, Super Mario Land Two. You said you're really into games, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. By the yes, way, I'm yes. really worried because you're going on to an autistic podcast with four guys. I'm so <laughs> worried that when I brought up video games, I've been right. I wrote this question ahead of time. I need to let her know this isn't. So I heard you're into video games. You, you know, <laughs> no, no, Mario no. was. But she did Mario mention Land that too. she played. Uh, her whole COVID period's been just testing out different video games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you man. said that you wore out the most. I want to know what's your go-to cons uh, cons uh, console. But she has to do the Wario question first. So you get this. Uh, mm. I don't know if oh, I can defend Wario, man. Like Wario <laughs> is such a. If you ever play Wario, what which version is it? I want to say it's the GameCube. Um. Oh, uh, GameCube Mario? Mario Party. There's oh, one yeah. of the Mario parties where whatever his little, every, all of his little mannerisms and all of his little catchphrases is just like, I'm a fucking pervert. Like, it's all, everything he does is just, it just seems disgusting. I'm so worried what about the character. What, what does he say? I, like, I, I don't can't remember. remember. I remember. Oh my God. I got a Though compared to King Koopa, Mario is cooler because he's like, he's not like, he's not kidnapping women or anything. He's just. Yeah, he's just got that mustache, man. It's the mustache. <laughs> and then it's supposed to be villain. You know what I like about? You know my you know. it, it, it's it, it's 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 the pube stash fully uh, fully fully conceptual. My favorite uh, my favorite fan theory I've heard. Uh, my girlfriend's uh, from down east, and uh, and she was telling me about this, and I didn't know this, but she a lot of her friends are Acadian, and she was just saying, "Oh, we're pretty sure Wario's Acadian," <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Well, because they're like, he's not Italian. He's definitely French, but he's not like Parisian French. He's not like, like French French. A group has claimed him. That's what I like about that. <laughs> yeah, they like now that's him. one of ours actually. No, because they're like Wario's from Shediac. He's one hundred percent. And nobody wants Waluigi. So, well, oh, Canadian no, people dude, had it tough I though. Disagree. She's, he's had a tough childhood, so maybe that justifies his being. Yeah, we start digging up backstory on Wario. <laughs> and here's my here's my firm stance, okay? Wario, okay, if you please. really look at his mustache, right? It's just a bunch of W's. And anybody that shaves their own initial into their fucking face, is, I'm not a fan of. I'm just not a fan. Okay, that's my rule. It's like 
I remember one of my best friends when I was a kid. Uh, this is one of those things you do when you're like seven because you think it's cool. But even I was seven, and I, an autistic seven year old, thought this was stupid. Uh, he shaved the DC logo into his temple. Okay, which version of the DC logo are we talking about? <laughs> the shoes. <laughs> the shoes. I love that you're like, well, listen, we got you. Like, there's the a comics. <laughs> no, it was the shoes logo. He's like, I wear DC shoes and I want people to know. <laughs> I was like, why would you? <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, no, Wario, uh, Wario's a psychopath for initialing his mustaches. Yeah, I think mm. I think that's a fair argument. That's initially a red flag. <laughs> yes! I, I, I mean, watch into that date every time. Every like time. Who, who makes a living out of defending villains? Defend that. Yeah. Well, you know, the two most well known uh, Marvel psychopathic superheroes are Canadian <laughs> Wolverine and uh, Deadpool. That's right. true. <laughs> they both, who had somebody has a joke about that, how they both heal and it's due to healthcare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both heal, you know, but they're both like psychotic killing machines, kind of. That I is mean, true. Uh, Wolverine a little less so, but he has- Okay, so I have a theory. I, I feel like Wolverine and Deadpool are right-wing agitprop about why we shouldn't have healthcare. It's like, if we give them healthcare, look at all the people they can kill. Look at all the <laughs> 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 Or it's like, are you it, like, I'm not sick. Why would we need this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like back, back in the mid-2000s when, when they were like against like universal healthcare in the States and their favorite- their favorite character was Jack Bauer. It's like, well, do they know his grandfather was the person who pretty well conceptualized universal healthcare? <laughs> so the most Republican symbol they had was secretly. Dude, I didn't know that. That's nuts. Neither yeah, he's sorry. He's Tommy Douglas's uh, grandfather. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, I didn't Kiefer know Su that. Kiefer Sutherland is the child of Donald Sutherland and Shirley Douglas. It's like literally like one of the best known facts about it, as far as yeah, even I, I knew that. Did you? Of course, Adam Adams from Winnipeg. He wouldn't know that. So, so what you're saying is that uh, it was nepotism that Kiefer Sutherland got into Hollywood. Yeah, pretty not well. because of Donald Sutherland, but because of his granddad, the Canadian yeah. who was busy inventing healthcare. Have you ever had to defend the cat in Inspector Gadget, the evil cat? Oh no! I don't think we've ever been suggested that. Sorry, I the cat was evil. That. I love defending <laughs> animals. Guy. Animals is a lot of fun. We 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 defended Jaws. That was a hoot. I really I like to argue for sharks. Could they just I do love... their job? What they're meant to do and eating people? Well, well that and they keep pouring <laughs> fucking chum everywhere, and they're like, "Why is this shark freaking out?" And it's like, "Stop pouring chum at your beach, you." Fox. <laughs> also couldn't stop rooting for Jaws in the first movie because in the back half when he basically like I, I think riff tracks like the MST3K guys had a good joke about this where they're like oh my god the shark set a booby trap and I went well now I know he's intelligent so I can't yeah. hate him. It's an no. intelligent animal that's going beyond instinct that's a shark that's literally like mm -hmm. okay I've actually successfully deployed an, a Rambo-esque sleight of hand to ensure my survival against my <laughs> hunters he's awesome like I love absolutely. Jaws. Plus, they go so far to find him. I'm like, yeah, they he's leave. leaving. Like, <laughs> like, just, just stop nothing. opening the fucking beach. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And we did that episode like 
I think it was, I don't know, a couple months into the pandemic. And I was like, Jesus, like the, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same narrative. This is very chilling how much that is our lives right now of people just being like, don't go to the beach and people just going to the beach anyway and killing a bunch of people. Is <laughs> I, I'm actually kind of looking up about how far, like I'm looking up dates right here. This show's actually been going, uh, uh, I, I'm glad, this, I'm glad you guys have been so, proactive with your output this is uh what's your recording schedule like what's your oh we normally do like we, we always really we release an episode every thursday since we started we release an episode every thursday um we record uh two at a time and then we'll do a bonus so we kind of record like two and a half episodes basically I really want to see the rent episode because this is something that Oh, rent was so easy. Fuck those people. <laughs> Man, well, alive. The, K the, like, the, the, the camera. Like I remember there's a really good like Lindsay Ellis video I say that kind of came to mind when I saw it and I was like I really want to hear your guys' take on it because I was like cuz even when I was a kid uh, my brother who liked Rent, but he sort of liked the songs. I remember every time it got to the part where he was like, I quit. It, like his cushy. Like, Who's going to do it in Rent? The AIDS? It's, no, it's the landlord. <laughs> my God. Wow, that would have been a way darker episode. Oh, man. no. Way, way too dark. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that, that one. <laughs> Waiting for the Hamilton one where you're like Aaron Burr. Oh yeah, <laughs> I considered it from the viruses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like um, most of the villains I hear, I think are pretty uh, are pretty sane. Like, I love whenever you guys talk about a '90s uh, supernatural comedy about a father who like something. Like basically, a, like liar, liar, or something to that end. Oh, it's like yeah. something magical happens to a dad who's usually a white collar jerk and needs to learn a lesson about taking care of his son. But the funny thing is, is that he never stops being a psychopath. He's just no. insane in a different way. Because <laughs> like at the end, he causes an international incident. Like he's like he's like running onto it. Yes, <laughs> he steals like, <laughs> like. Well, I I I wanted to ask you, what is the easiest genre of film to defend a villain in? Ooh. Twister. Um, ben Twister. The, the Twister. Uh, I would say the the easiest genres generally rom coms. Rom coms. Yeah, because but. like comedy is always an easy avenue to argue in because it's not serious and there's always things that people do that are like funny, but it's like funny in the '90s was just being an asshole. Like that was what was funny in the nineties. Right. So it's really easy to pick those movies up. And a lot of the time the narrative is, is you have to like, it's always from like the women's perspective. It's always like, okay, which one do you choose? And the answer should be neither. Okay. It should be neither of these people <laughs> walk away. This is an awful, terrible situation. Please leave. Yeah. This, is why, this is why 95% of all romantic comedies end with no sequel. Yes, exactly. Because who the fuck wants to watch these assholes? The next scene, they're broken up because he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, did you, sorry, I'm looking up, uh, like I'm looking at the episode li list right here. I remember, I don't know why, uh, my uh my girlfriend and i uh 
uh, we were very briefly quarantining uh, because we didn't know if we had it. Uh, well, it turns out it was just a bad flu, but we were good. But we were both like locked in the same room together. And uh, they just said, here's a here's Netflix. And so we just kind of looked at what was on. And we don't know why. We watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, and uh, uh, it rocked. But I mean, like, the entire, <laughs> well, I mean, it sort of rocked because we went, you know what? If you change this to old English, this is just like a Shakespearean. <laughs> Oh, a lot of these are just ripoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, not not a ripoff of like Shakespeare. And I mean that there is something kind of great about like in Shakespeare, it's just dastardly people. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, because they're fun to watch. Who wants to watch a bunch of nice people do nice fucking things? And that's what I kind of realized. I don't know why, but I went, rom-coms fell by the wayside because I went, I can't think of a, I remember I was on a plane and I started watching this Rebel Wilson movie where she's like, oh no, I've woken up in a rom-com. And I went, this isn't a rom-com. And I'll explain why. Because she's not awful. And I, and I went, I love shitty people because the guys from It's Always Sunny are basically the heroes of a rom-com if they didn't have the same like. Oh my God. Yes, truly. Although I will say. mobile parents. <laughs> The only recent rom-com I've watched in the last couple of years where I was like, I think that's a good rom-com is um, Ali Wong's uh, rom-com. What was it called? I heard it was good. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it's called like uh, Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. Always be, you'll always be my maybe. Yeah, I heard it was great. Anyway, it's honestly that one. I'm like, that's great. People are charming in it. There's dicks. Keanu Reeves plays himself. And it's so funny. Like, it's just, I thought it was a great movie. Really well executed. The God, easiest uh, villain era is like Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Mad Men. They're all villains, but they're all lovable. Yeah, that's true. I mean, taking on uh, taking on series is always hard, and especially like the darker ones, it's really hard to tag. Like we can do casual. Like I think we're we're talking about doing like Frasier, um, <laughs> and like SpongeBob. <laughs> we're gonna argue for Squidward, which I think is gonna be a slam dunk. That's so easy. Um, but once you start getting into like dramas and things, there's so many different pockets to art. It's almost like you would have to do, uh, like a, like an episode per season or like a, a couple, like an episode per episode. Or like a procedural show, like an episodic yeah. one order. Yeah. Where you're exactly. like, okay, we can just argue this. Or, or a mini series of like a season finales of like Buffy mm -hmm. the Vampire Slayer or something like that. Uh, like we did WandaVision, but... The good doctor is a good villain. I mean, because most autistic people hate him, and he's supposed to be a good guy. I don't know no, about that. I've met a lot of autistic people that love that guy. But I'm, I'm not one they're, of them. They're, just they're, 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 there's the real villain. <laughs> Your set uh, that you did for the One Pick Comedy Festival was pretty clean about how your dad kept saying that you should have an accident. Yes, that's true. I yeah, wouldn't pay comedy festival. I can do clean. I can. I can mm. work clean. I actually, honestly. Over uh, the pandemic, I've gotten much better at it, I think, because I've started I started booking these Zoom shows, and a lot of them are, you know, uh, 10 Corporates. morning. <laughs> Can you see your whole face when you do the Zoom shows? Because right now we just see the black thing covering half your face. Yes. So I have a totally, I actually have a totally different setup when I do Zoom <laughs> shows, especially because I think if you're paying, like, I'm in my house, right? You're paying me a fair amount of money. I should probably give you a professional setup. So I have like a whole, I have a whole like curtain. I put it's like, honestly, it feels like at an aquarium. It, I get so hot in it, but it looks really nice. I put up a full curtain and then I bring my mic up. I take my pop filter off. I've got a whole setup mm -hmm. going so that it, it sounds good. It looks good. You feel like you're getting something. Um, plus, you know, you want things to be communicated well, right? Like there's already so many hurdles in front of you. It's like, hey, we've got to we've got to make the best of what this is. 
If you don't mind my asking, uh, you said you started in improv, and uh, oh my god, yeah, I'm I'm really sorry to bring that. I, I feel bad. Like I'm just this is just like no, you know I don't what this want... is reminding me of? Um, oh my god, I can't remember his name right now. I'm gonna be so upset. From much music, do 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 do. Do, do, um, oh yeah, like, uh, head, Nardwar would be head yes. and autistic. Yes, Nardwar, exactly. That's that's exactly what I'm talking. This is what this reminds me of. Of like, oh my god, you guys actually like did homework. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I I always feel bad when I dig these things up because people are like they're blindsided by something. No, that's and... oh my god. I'm just honored that somebody took the time. I'm like that's so impressive. Oh. <laughs> like, Was the... it in Pat's research? Yeah. yeah, no, Pat Pat flips it out and then we all just uh then we just all look through it. That's Adam undercutting me and saying, actually, you really didn't do that much. <laughs> Pat sends us articles and then we can we can look through uh, like, like, like I'm I'm deep in the pockets, like okay, how do how do I integrate a, a question about coming up in Ottawa comedy into this thing? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no. It was uh like so I wanted to ask you, uh, because uh, you were talking about starting an improv and you're pretty disparaging of yourself in like the article, but uh, like I wanted to know like what kind of improv were you doing? Like uh... Um so I was uh in university at the time, I was at Carleton and I was a part of the Carleton Improv Association, the CIA. Um, and it was, it was super fun. Like I met some people, like I met some of my friends that are, they're still my friends today. Like I, I really enjoyed the group. Uh, one of the other guys, uh, do you, you guys know, uh, Adrian Krong? Yeah, I know Adrian. Yeah. He was in my, that improv group. <laughs> um, oh, cool. so yeah, we all kind of like, we hung out together and it was super fun. It was just like, it was never. I don't know. It was just never my thing. Like I couldn't grab onto, I always went back to like bits. Like it was always like, I, I wasn't ever really doing true improv because I would, it was almost like to the so point where the people were like- you were the villain of the improv group. Pardon me? You were the villain of the improv. Yes, I was. I was very much the villain of the, except for there was one guy. <laughs> there was one guy on the improv group that would always start every scene. It didn't matter what you gave him, what you said to him. He would have to start by <laughs> clapping his hands and going, okay so and he would do it like that every single time and it would fucking kill because it would break me i couldn't start because i would start giggling because it would just make me laugh that he would do that every he couldn't stop it and i don't give me wrong, like i'm you know i i have habits on stage i'm sure like i have like ticks and things that i do but that one particular would always kill me. I thought that was so. Well, funny. It's funny because like you're in, meant to. In, it, it's like the intersection of theater and like in like stand and uh, sketching is well. I'm sorry. It's like sketch. It's live sketch. So you're inhabiting characters. And there's something so funny about when you're like doing stand up and you go, okay, so people go, that's just a tick. We're having a conversation. Yeah. But the second someone's like, I need to be in a scene. It's like, you're gonna start a scene. You need to establish the context now. You got to make it a pizza. You're like, okay, so we're making a pizza. <laughs> we got to get a pizzas out of here. It's like, that's it was exactly so that. It was great. <laughs> okay, you're a chef. You're a chef. He like slaps himself a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't handle, I'm not, I guess I'm not good at giving away con the control, right? Because what sure. would bother me is if I was up there and I was doing something and I had a funny idea, if somebody else steered it somewhere else, you just have to go with that. But my brain would keep hanging on to the funny because I can't let it go. I have no filter. I have, I'm like, I need to say it. It's like I have like a glitch. Like I'm like, I need to say the thing. And so I would just get stuck and I wouldn't be good at it because I would be thinking about the sentence I wanted to say a minute ago <laughs> still. So how did you transition from improv to stand up up there in well, Ottawa? 
I actually, okay, I needed a job. <laughs> and I was like, I was always interested in just trying to do stand up as a hobby because it's like, I've always loved like theater. I like, I don't know. I just like, I like being creative. It was always something I was drawn to, but I always just thought it would be like something fun to try. And I needed a job and I'm like a nervous person. So I was like, why don't I try and get a job at a comedy club? I'll be able to serve and like make some money because I was a poor student, but then maybe I'll be able to like get on stage every once in a while. And I worked at absolute comedy in Ottawa for like eight months and finally got up the courage to be like, okay, take me. And I, I had one of the comics take me to Montreal because I was like, I'm not going to do my first set here. Everybody knows me and I'm fucking, I want to see if I like it <laughs> before I come because I feel like if I do it, they're going to make me commit to it. And the second I did it, I was like, oh no, oh no, this is all I ever want to do. No. I have a very addictive personality. Uh -oh. oh no, I found something I love. <laughs> and for then me. Yeah, I just kept going. I'm, fin I'm finally happy for once. Boo hoo. Yeah, I mean, I pu I for the first like eight months I did stand up. I puked every time, every time before I went on stage. I was so fucking nervous, but I still loved it so much. I just kept powering through because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> on the bright side, at least you did it before you got on stage. That's true. So. <laughs> you hit the ball. That's the that's the important yeah. part. Yeah. What's it like recording your comedy album? Oh, it was. Oh my god, it was so nerve. I was so nervous, but it. It turned out, I was really happy with it. I was just like, I was so nervous on the lead up. I didn't think anybody was going to show up. I got a really great crowd out and I had two shows. Honestly, to be perfectly honest with you guys, the second show wasn't sold out. It was really light. It was mostly comedians, but luckily like the first show, it just somehow worked out so well. Everything worked. I was like, okay, great. Got it in the first shot. This next one's just for fun. Uh, it was really hard to listen to myself, though. I will say that afterwards, so like, you, like cutting you it. it yourself? No, no, not even. Like I'm, I'm, I'm complaining oh. about nonsense. Like so, like the tiniest bit of work that I even had to do. <laughs> uh, I'm really just being a dick right now. No, I just like listening to my own voice is really hard for me. I don't know, and I know mm. I'm saying that on a podcast as people are listening to me. I'm sorry. I always get I'm sure it's better voice. for you. <laughs> They're like what? Do you have any edits to make? And I'm like, no, just roll it the way it is every single time. At, at, at every time afterwards, uh, when I have like 15 things <laughs> that I want taken out, Adam yeah. will just privately message me in a Werner Herzog voice and just go, you're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> Why weak men? Oh, I can't even. It was so hard to listen. I thought I was going to finish the edit so quick. I was like, oh, I'm going to have it turned around. I'm going to have this album out right away. And then it took me like months of just going, ah, do I do it? Do I listen to it again? Oh. You're, you're, mining every, you're mining every piece of gold out of it before you send it to Miner himself. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, oh think my God. Like, do you think it's possible to be the Brian Wilson of comedy? Like you're just sitting at a desk, like just rubbing your temples because you're like, it's not <laughs> perfect. <laughs> no, well, this. here's the thing is that you, at, at a moment, you gotta, you gotta release it. You have to just let it fly. Like even a month later, I, I had like, I had a better line for one of the jokes and I was like one month later and I was like, ah, but at the same time, you can do that forever. I mean, if I was, if I was to give any advice to somebody to record an album, I would say, just wait until you feel like yourself, like you found your voice, you feel comfortable about a year after that time, you should cut an album, right? Yeah. As long as you feel confident and good about your voice, you know, the, 
the bits, it's like, okay, you know, some bits are going to age. They will. So you might as well try and get them out. <laughs> so how did the business work? Is your album like your con card or have you just actually sold a lot of albums? Um, I mean, it's mostly just like uh, radio play, right? I, I honestly, <laughs> it's because the timing for my album was a little, it was fortunate and unfortunate at the same time. Fortunate that it was getting on the radio as soon as the pandemic was hitting, but unfortunate because I had bought some physical copies <laughs> and obviously have not sold uh, one of them. So, so are you looking forward to getting back on stage? I am. I, I was lucky enough to do a couple of outdoor shows so far, um, and it's been really, really nice getting back. It's so fun, and the audiences are really chill right now because everybody's just excited to be outside. So it's a really nice, like, it's chill for me, it's chill for them. Everybody's having a nice time. It's good. And do you bring your suitcase of albums with you? I can't bring myself to do it. I think it's one of those things where I think I'm just going to hold on to them. And if I ever go, like, I don't know, out west or something, sometimes it's just like people want it. You just want to have something so people can give you a tip. That's basically it. Nobody really wants a CD, but they're like, we really like you. I mm. want to give you money. We're two adults and I don't want to make it weird. Give me something. It, it's why Jen Grant was always like, fuck this. I'm just bringing magnets. To I have a Jen Grant mm. magnet on my fridge right now. What is it? I think it says, uh, you look full. Yeah. <laughs> I love that magnet. I love Jen Grant. She's great. Although We'll, 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 put, we'll put it right beside the Shannon Laverty don't shush me. Yeah. <laughs> I would always get put on Jen Grant shows when she would come into town because they're like, you're, you're like the same. I'm like, we're, we're not, <laughs> but thanks. I'll, I'll take it. I love Jen Grant. Fuck. Yeah. You should put your set on vinyl. You should put your I would love vinyl. to, honestly, I I'm, it's I am that nerd. I would love, I would love a, a vinyl. Okay. If you get, if, if you could do like colored vinyl, which color would you choose? Mm. oh what is this my album called uh i'd probably choose purple yeah i love your curtain behind you oh thanks yeah i'm a big purple fan <laughs> oh you should be purple's the best mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize best. but i think everything i like is purple because i was like looking at a oh my god it was like it, it, it was it was like um sorry i've derailed this this is a stupid anecdote but i just went i was on like <laughs> it was like vinylmepleased.com and they were like we're putting out a new master of reality reissue and i'm not even a black sabbath fan but it was just green and purple and i went oh, i want that <laughs> i like looking at it i've made so many covid impulse purse purchases like it's getting oh, me too. Do you just like I look in my closet now? I'm like, I don't know who these clothes are for. (laughs) (laughs) When am I gonna wear plaid pants? You bought them for Valley Village. I I have like a green screen I've used once. (laughs) Oh, but that's something where it's like you can look at it and go, that's going to be useful. You can still, even if it's a lie, you can still lie to yourself. Nobody, nobody's gonna hang the plaid pants and go, I can use that in in, in a film. (laughs) I was in like a dollar store and it was like a copy of all that's like third album it's the one where gwen stefani's dressed up as like a 50s diner waitress and my girlfriend was like i hate all that and i went i'll get this it's for, <laughs> <laughs> for the deal exactly it's for the deal i was like you know what man uh third wave ska i'll get this so what's your this. favorite impulse buy from the pandemic <laughs> oh probably the all that's <laughs> oh we that's talking about rebecca mike 
You're not the guest anymore. No, everybody should give them. (laughs) Um, My favorite impulse. Well, maybe this microphone. (laughs) I did buy it on impulse. Um, Did you buy it on sale? (laughs) I I did buy it on sale, but it was like a it was like it was like a sale with a wink. You know what I mean? It was like ten percent off. It was like nothing. It was barely a sale. You're you're not paying full price for silk hats. Yes, I can't. I can't pay full price for anything. It's upsetting to me. I can't do it unless it's like food. I I I, I refuse. I need to wait for a sale. I've been poor for too long of my life. <laughs> you went from no, being I... a poor student to being a poor Sam comic. Yeah. Right. That's that that it's re- that, that's the story. That's of, redundant. That's, Adam. She's a comic. <laughs> He's a Canadian comic. That's super. That's He's a Canadian redundant. comedian. And uh, I just want to quickly say, uh, before we go out, uh, it's been really a privilege having you on the show. Thank you for listening to us talk. Oh, thanks uh, for having me, guys. This is so fun. It, it, it this has been really great. And before you go, I just want to let you know, Christian, uh, our producer, uh, who we love has not been doing his job because according to him uh 20 minutes ago he just bought a jaw harp on amazon <laughs> just during, so i'm glad you're paying attention i'm glad you might Kristen. uh kristen's been uh paying attention to the that's mm-hmm. great rebecca do you have anything to plug other than your villains are always right um yeah i mean if you guys want to follow me you can follow me at rebecca reads uh i'm on instagram and twitter i think the last time i posted on instagram was actually a calendar year ago but still you can follow me on that listen to the podcast that's where i'm at that's where i have fun film was right i was super excited when you uh wrote back to me on facebook oh yeah no i sometimes i don't see the messages through my page i'm really bad at that i'm i have like inboxes that i am unaware of and then i see them like a couple months later so i was glad i caught that one because sometimes i don't catch them so uh, she will reply it just might take a while people oh yeah this is this is really selfish rebecca but before you go can i please make a request for an episode of uh the villain is right yeah you can of course you can okay awesome uh can you argue uh for the in the case of the movie la la land uh, the case for new jazz because I think the Ryan Gosling character was really pretentious and uh, he's always talking over jazz, jazz. <laughs> he's always like the old jazz and he's like talking over these guys playing the old jazz he claims to like so much that's so f- I didn't even I wouldn't even think of that as a take that's so funny I was watching the movie and, it, and like John Legend has the in my opinion the only good song in the movie the only song I remember it's like a funky sort of synthy Prince kind of funk song yeah. and he's like this is new jazz I like, <laughs> I like the old jazz and I went well the old jazz sucks I like the new jazz <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Comics NOS podcast. You can follow along by going to Facebook and searching up Comics NOS, the world's most awkward boy band. You can follow the comedians by going onto social media and looking up Michael McCreary, funny, you don't look autistic, on Facebook. You can also follow along by going onto Twitter and looking up at Corinne Dobbs and at Pat Tiffin. Or you can go to adamschwartzcomedy.com. Technical productions for this podcast were brought to you by Christian Kostinik of Thunder Lizard Collective. Made possible by the good people at the Manitoba Arts Council.